Good evening. I'm Marcus Leader, and I would like to invite you on a journey of discovery as I pull back the veil and give you a glimpse of the multiverse through the eyes of a Toltec shaman. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and turn down the lights. You're now listening to The Shaman's Brew. Hello and welcome to The Shaman's Brew. In tonight's show, I'm going to share with you a conversation between Debbie Edwards, Carly Rose, and myself. Debbie Edwards and Carly Rose are two of my dearest friends, and they also happen to be two of the most significant and sensitive mediums I have ever known. We're going to be talking about uh, spirit communication, uh, direct voice mediumship, and uh, paranormal investigations in general. This will be part one of a two-part interview. At the present moment, Carly Rose is uh, in Spain, and uh, once she returns, sometime around the middle of July, we're going to be speaking on the radio about these topics in, uh, in quite a bit more detail. And we're going to be going into a very interesting and rare phenomenon known as direct voice communication, which happens to be Carly Rose's field of expertise. So until then, uh, we're just going to get right in this uh, conversation, uh, which is in progress. Well, I tell you what, we have someone on the line with a 561 area code. So 561, you're live. Can I have Uh-oh. your name and where you're from? Hi, Debbie. It's Carly Rose. How are you? Hi, Carly Rose. How are you doing? It's great to have you on. Oh, I'm glad to be here. It's a little bit late for me, but I made sure to stay up so I could, you know, at least listen to a little bit of you guys because, you know, I really enjoy listening to you and, and Stephen and it's, you know, it's all interesting stuff for me. So. Oh, well, you're, you're, you're treasured and I'm so glad that you're on. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was hoping that you would have a chance to call in and Maybe share a couple experiences and, you know, enlighten yeah, I mean, people. The reason I was calling, I heard, uh, I heard Stephen talking about, you know, the EVPs and um, how sometimes you can actually ask a question and receive your own voice uh, answering the question, except, um, you know, like Stephen's experience that he was telling you about uh, when he, you know, went to investigate. That was actually with me that time, the first time that he's experienced that, and of course, I mean, I, I get that often and, you know, I'm used to it, but it's not something you really share because it's it's not really valid evidence when you say to someone, hey, listen to this EVP, I asked a question, and then you play it back to them, it's your own voice answering the question. <laughs> it, it doesn't really help for validation, but, um, you know, I was with Stephen and, and, and he was really excited about it. I mean, we were in the room together and... Um, we asked a question, <clears throat> and uh, well, we were asking lots of questions. But anyways, after the fact, um, he came, came out the room with me, and I hit play straight away. I mean, you know, I'd not gone away or anything, and uh, I hit play right away, and we heard his own voice talking back to us on the recording. And, okay. you know, when I say his own voice, um, it sounded, uh, you know, 90 99% it sounded like him, but, you know, Stephen being Stephen knows his own voice, and it is slightly manipulated. You can tell um, that it's slightly different, even though they are trying to mimic your own voice, and that's, of course, probably because 
that particular spirit or, or entity is manipulating your own energy to, to, you know, try and create a voice to speak yeah, with let you. Me ask you. Yeah, let me ask you this, too, because I, I know that you've had uh, a lot of experiences hearing things like that. And when, when you think yeah. about the manipulation, the way they manipulate it, what is your theory or experience of how they're able to achieve that? Do you know, I wish I was that clever. <laughs> I honestly, I mean, I honestly don't know. Marcus is the is the best. I mean, I'm always picking Marcus's brain on that sort of thing. And I mean, Marcus no, I leader don't. when I say Marcus. Um, and Marcus um, is listening into the chat too. Marcus, where are you? You should be calling in to answer this question. <laughs> yeah, he he's in the chat. I've been I've been chatting with him in the chat, but um, I don't. I really I really don't know. I mean, there's somehow you know. I think that. Uh, all energies and, and spirits, they, they work in their own ways. Some of them come through as, as clear as anything, whereas others are, are so um, ambient and whispery in tone, it seems as if their energy is really weak. Um, mm-hmm. Some sound very robotic, um, you know, and, and like I said, I've had some um, answer me in my own voice, and the same as Steve, where it, it, even though to someone else it would sound like my voice, it is slightly different. So they're obviously using my energy, to, to create a voice of their own or mimic me even, you know. And I know that I do get mimics because I have had spirits also uh, put on the British accent for me and then laugh about it. <laughs> you know, um, I think, you know, I can't say for sure. I think all spirits work differently depending on, you know, what level they are and, you know, what sort of spirit they are. Um, but they're all different, you know. Yeah, what well, was always, one of the most amazing... Yeah, what was one of the most amazing uh, investigations you two have done together as far as evidence that has come through? Well, again, I mean, you know, um, going back to the Shanlin, and unfortunately, you know, Steve and I have not done that many investigations together. Um, but So the couple that we have done or whatever, I mean, the Shanley was definitely a great investigation as far as evidence because, you know, the place is, is, full, of, is full of spirits. Um, mm. And, you know, and so the, the more energies you have, the more likely you are to pick up more, more evidence. Um, and that was a great one. I mean, I know Steve saw um, apparitions there, and I had my own experiences with, um, at one point, we were in the bordello, and I felt as if someone had their hands around my throat like I was being strangled. And on the EVP, you hear a woman that sounds like she's choking. And at the time, I, I say to Steve, I feel like someone's strangling me. Yeah. And um, I started choking up and I started crying because I was panicking like, because I really felt that I was being choked. And, mm-hmm. on the, um, uh, and on the recording, we hear a woman that sounds like she's gasping for air. And, and then she says, he's killing me, he's killing me. I mean, so that was, you know, um, when you're using your... Abilities, or I don't even like to say abilities, but you know, if a medium goes in, going back to you know, is it is it worth bringing a medium uh, or a psychic to an investigation? I think so because it's just another tool, and 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 you can, if you have something like that, uh, to you know, uh, the medium is um, telling you know everybody what they're picking up on, and then you have other tools to back the information up with it, it only means, um, you know, more proof, really, more validation, and that's why we're doing it, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. And even, 
let me lead this story up and Carly finish this one. But this is kind of a, a cool story. When I, I first met Carly, I lived in a, a house that, that I believe had oh. a lot of different activity into it. Um, and I think I started talking to, to Carly um, and, and just entertaining thoughts and talking about different experiences and stuff. And, and I was kind of telling her about my house and said, I really think that there's something going on in here more than just my spirit guides. And, um, and, and I was kind of talking, and we did a little experiment over a phone. Um, and, and I would do EVP sessions in the house. And then knowing the, the, the physical medium um, that they would probably be willing to talk to Carly um, more than me or she'd be able to hear him more clearly than I would anyway. So we did a little bit of a, an experiment on a, on a phone, on a cell phone, on speakerphone. But you want to take it from there? I love the way you tell this yeah, story. Sure. <laughs> so Steve, Steve calls me up. He says, I've got a problem in my house. And I know this thing's around, but it's, you know, it's, it's not really, um, it's only communicating with me, you know, by, by messing with me, and it's not communicating with me, you know, I can't hear it physically, and unless it, you know, it, it would sort of surprise him now and again, so he said, you know, you being you, I was wondering if I put you on speakerphone, if you might be able to ask some questions and see if you can, you know, hear an answer. So I said, yeah, sure, not really thinking that that would be possible because, you know, I mean, it's down a cell phone, number one, and the cell phone's on speakerphone, so it's not the best. And also, you know, even if the spirit was in that particular room at that particular time, how am I going to hear it in the room, you know, from, from down a speakerphone? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I asked the question. I said, you know, hi, my name's Carly, blah, 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 and... Um, and also, and I told Steve to set recorder next to the phone in case we got any EVPs back, because that's what I thought we might get. You know, I wasn't really expecting a direct communication. And of course, so I said, hello, you know, my name's Carly, and uh, if you've got anything to say, now is the time to say it. And I heard a, a male voice say hello, but it was a male spirit voice, you understand. It wasn't, you know, Steve or one of his buddies trying to mess with me. I mean, you can tell the difference between a, a living voice and, a, and, you know, one of the deceased or whatever. And uh, someone said hello to me down the phone. But it wasn't that they said hello from the room that I could hear it. It actually figured out, I guess, that, you know, my voice was coming from the telephone. So realized that he should probably uh, use his voice uh, you know, or the energy to create a voice and actually say it down the speakerphone to me. So it sounded as if I was having um, an actual conversation with a spirit down my phone, at which point, you know, I started screaming to Steve because I didn't, I didn't know if I could hear it or not. Steve, pick up the phone. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> So, so, of course, Steve came in and, you know, he picked up the phone and I said, take me off speakerphone, take me off speakerphone. And he took me off the speakerphone and I told him what had happened. And, um, and you know, and, and we did pick it up on the recorder. That's really amazing. Yeah. yeah now, what cool. is, I'm curious, too, because that, that brings up a really valid question. I, I think that we had mentioned it earlier, but where, uh, you know, when you're talking to somebody else, and yeah. one person hears it and the other person doesn't. What is the percentage, do you think, you know, as far yeah. as um, 
as far as where, where both experience it or just one experiences it when they're able to um, I would say, I mean, percentage-wise, you know, um, I would say far fewer would hear it, would hear the same thing as the other person than, than everybody hear it. Um, you know, and, and I do think that, like I said, every spirit is different. I think it depends on the strength of their energy, you know, if they can, you know, how they, how they can break through, uh, you know, that veil or, or you know, whatever. Um, I really just think it depends. And I, I guess, uh, you know, percentage, if I had to really say percentage-wise, I would say probably only 10% of the time everybody would hear it. Yeah, you know, and that's just—I mean, that's you know—that's a real rough guess there because I haven't really ever sat down and thought about it. But sure. most of the time, people do not. Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess what comes to mind, even um, for me, is when when you guys are on investigations, and I know that you have tremendous evidence when Carly, when you're there, as well as you know when there's a medium there or when there's somebody there that's really, really sensitive. You seem to get more activity, like what Stephen had mentioned before. <laughs> Is that question directed at me or Steve? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I apologize to, to both of you actually, because I, I know that you work together, and you know, just based on experience, uh, when you're using a medium versus when you're not. Uh, yeah, I guess that's my question. As far as what would you consider? Do you consider more spirit activity with a medium or without? Uh, do you want me to take this first, Steve? Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I can too. It, it's but hey. yeah, it's a great question. Well, I mean, I would say for me, and, you know, I can only speak for myself as far as bringing another medium on investigation, because usually if I go on an investigation, I'm the only medium there. Um, but I will say that, you know, if I'm invited out by different groups to do certain investigations or go to certain locations, I should say, um, you know, I can go to certain places um, when I'm invited out by, you know, by different groups that will say, you know, this is a place we've been, we know there's activity here, we get you know, a couple EVPs here and there. And then, you know, I've gone in with them and maybe they've been like five times before and, you know, they've got a few things. And then I'll go in there and, you know, I'll come out with a recorder, chock-a-block full of stuff and, and you know, some, some direct voice stuff. And, and, you know, usually, well, not usually, but some of the time, you know, people, the, the other investigators, they'll actually experience more, whether it's empathically, intuitively, or physically, you know, see, uh, see different things, uh, manifestations or whatnot, um, or, or hear audible voices. Um, it does seem to happen that, you know, if you do bring someone sensitive with you, more stuff sort of seems to go on. And I'm not sure if that has anything to do with the medium or not, but it does sort of, it does make me sort of lean that way in saying that. No, I, I agree completely. It's in the studies that we've done with mediums, um, it's been a lot more productive on a consistent basis, um, to, to say the least. Um, I mean, you can get stuff without mediums also, um, but when you do yeah, have, of course you can. Have, have somebody that that's highly sensitive there, it, it's it's very very productive also. Um, and I've seen okay. it too, where you bring different mediums in and get nothing, but there's. Something to, I would, you know, there's, we've had a lot of success to continue to, to learn and, and continue to do it also. Yeah, and I would okay. say that, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> That's okay, I just want to let you guys know, I believe we have Marcus on the line. Marcus, oh, are yeah? you with us? 
Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. Hey, hey Carly. Hey, Dad. Hey, Malta. Hi. Hey. Oh, Welcome to the yeah. show. Hey, <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. What now? Um, <laughs> a few days. A few days. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, well, what can you add to this? Because I know that, that you've worked with Carly. You've also... Uh, you know, communicated with Stephen, and we kind of, I guess, all work together as a group. But um, what can you add to that, too, from your perspective, especially with the well, equipment that you work with? Yeah, I, I would definitely, you know, agree that uh, bringing a, uh, a medium into a location is going to increase the activity, but not just any medium. You know, there there are a lot of people that are sensitive. There's a lot of, uh, you know, psychics out there that can see things. But that's a that's a matter of perception. Uh, a lot of uh, investigators, uh, like some of the big TV show investigators, they they don't like using mediums, and be, you know because a medium will come in and they'll start telling you what the spirit's saying and all this, and that might be true. Um, but sometimes it's a matter of interpretation, and sometimes yeah. it's it's it's. Um, there's no way to validate it, and so an investigator can't really validate. But that's one type, you know, of sensitive or medium. Uh, if you bring a medium in, like uh, like Carly Rose or like you, Deb, uh, mm-hmm. that that type is is different. It uh, you guys both generate uh, energy around you that is that other entities are able to to use, and you, Deb, you know. They use you from thousands of miles away. I know, uh, I know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I actually don't know if you've been on investigations at all, you know, yourself or not. But, um, but you know, really long distance-wise, I have, and and you know, with uh, even talking about the investigation that Stephen and Ray and Lisa did recently, that's something I helped them out with. But yeah, it's something that I've I've never really had to be in a physical location. When I am in a physical location that's active, I mean I really get hit hard by it and yeah. they're everywhere and they're drawn and Carly, you know this. I mean it's like it's like a magnet, you know, they just become drawn and yeah. when I lived yeah. in Michigan and there were cemeteries around me, I mean literally every night I could sense they were getting closer and closer and closer to me and they were. And uh when I physically felt that they were in my place of residence, that's when my children would wake up and say that they would see shadows or see things going on. So, I mean, even they would be able to validate it when I wouldn't say anything to anybody. So I think protection is key, and and that's what's always kept me out of them uh, as far as not having to physically be in there because it just is that much more amplified. And I I think I'm pretty sensitive enough to not want to have to, um, you know, I I, I don't know. I guess I'm just really, really incredibly sensitive to where I am. I can totally sympathize with you. It's it's yeah. rough. <laughs> it is, it is. People don't realize it. Like, it always battle. takes me at least a week or two to recover after one. Yeah. You know, if, if it's heavy duty, that is, you know, if it's really active. Um, you know, I, I got lay in bed for a couple of days afterwards. It's almost like I've been hit with the flu. Um, so, you know, I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and, and you also put out the, the energy, too, kind of, I mean, for me, I used to. I don't so much now, but I used to try and search in a way to see if they were still there, but I didn't realize at that time when I was doing that search energetically that it actually connected me to them because I was intentionally trying to connect to see where they were in within my range and radius of, 
you know, being able to locate them. So, you know, so. You know, the energy that, you know, both of you generate, uh, because you're you're both, you know, physical mediums, but um, the energy that you generate is, is different from uh, a normal psychic that perceives these these things. You generate energy fields that are accessible to uh, these entities, and that's what creates activity. Now, my daughter um, is, you know, has the same tendencies, and... One thing they found, uh, you know, wh- wherever she goes, uh, paranormal activity usually occurs. And um, usually she's the the target of the activity, though. That's the only bad thing with her. Uh, she is constantly being hit and knocked to the ground. You know, it's not just a matter of pulling hair. It's like, you know, smashing her to the ground. And and uh, uh-huh. then, you know, attachments go into her and... And she's she's gaining control over that. But one thing that uh, they've noticed is that since her and Serenity Moore have been working together, their energies, a compl- you know, some type some type of uh, complementary, uh, to the point where where they create, I, I think they create a resonance between each other, mm-hmm. and it even amplifies it more. Now, mm-hmm. Serenity is not. Uh, physical medium but when the two of them get together you know it's it's like you know all kinds of things start happening around them and that's one thing you know when when all of us get together in florida that uh, it's going to be interesting to see you and carly (laughs) you know together and watch the ectoplasmic fireworks fly (laughs) well i'm looking forward to that actually because i think it's something that you know if we can do uh, really, some strong documentation on it in multiple ways, as far as uh, you know, a temperature, the the EVP, but being able to read you know electromagnetic uh, frequency and pulse, body yeah. heat, uh, you know, all of these different physiological experiences that would occur between us. But here's what else I'm curious about too, Carly, is you know if we were together in front, you know, face to face, and were to do some type of meditation or energy. Uh, amplification even in in addition to just being present I'm curious if we may not be able to help generate enough energy so that they can physically fully manifest um, where it's visual where we can literally visually see them right well I mean you'll have to come down here Deb so we can give it a go (laughs) I know I know as long as it's safe and protective but yeah absolutely I'll look after you don't worry (laughs) Oh. Yeah, that that definitely would be an interesting experiment. Um, yeah, I don't know where all this is going to take place, though. But you know, it's it it could be. There are some places where I I really don't want to see the one of you you know, go to uh, some yeah. locations, and uh, just because of, of what exists in certain places, like the, yeah. the Henrington, for example, what exists there could be detrimental, you know, to both of you because your your power sources for entities like that. And they yeah. they have a tendency I mean I'm actually I'm I'm dying to this is I mean maybe I'm a glutton for punishment but you know I'm dying <laughs> I'm dying to go there. But I've I've already you know and I've already said to Stephen and and everybody, you know, if I go I am not going without my Marcus <laughs> I need I need Perhaps. some extra protection. Yeah, perhaps Marcus, this is this is the the uh, 
uh, trifecta of the dreams that you, my dad, and Matt had about the big fireball, you yeah. know, erupting. Yeah. So I suppose we mm-hmm. should be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, Stephen, be. are you still are you still with us, Stephen? Okay, I think he got disconnected. Let me put him through. I think he got disconnected there. Sorry for Stephen. I didn't mean for that to happen. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I I think that that's that's pretty interesting. Stephen, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm sorry. I apologize about that. I don't know how you uh, disappeared there. No, I got booted when uh, Marcus was talking about Serenity Moore and uh, his daughter. It's just boom, I was gone. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Better not say that again. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I, I think you're right with the, the Hennington thing, though. Um, that I think it would be a lot for people, the the physical medium, to go in there with all everything that was going on. I think it would be something that you'd have to be on the, your A game with protection-wise going in on. Yeah, especially. Yeah, it would it would be very productive, you know. I'm sure for evidence-wise, but. And that, and that is why I, I would want to do it. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, it's not because I want to go through. The, ex- the negative experiences is it's for you know for evidence. Yeah, I think yeah. Po- potentially in a controlled environment um, where it's not in a situation that already necessarily is physically active, uh, spiritually active, such as a, a physical location. I think if we were inside a building, we would be incredibly vulnerable compared to being outside. You know, because remember, Marcus, like in the dream when you saw it where, you know, it was important to kind of get to the top of the mountain and be on the mountain and be outside um, and and to get to higher ground. And I would be interested to, you know, be able to do it in a physical location where it's not confined to, uh, say, a building that's containing already a lower vibration and a resonance that could really overpower us in a way we, you know, that could turn it on, you know, turn it against us in a way that we wouldn't expect. Yeah, that that definitely would be an interesting experiment. I think um, from the stories I've heard, I think the uh, whatever is there uh, actually can reach outside the buildings. It has you know physical influence outside, but mm-hmm. um, it's either it's either a demonic force. I don't like to use the term demonic because mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of connotations. That could go either way with that, but uh, demonic, uh, you know, demonic. Uh, you know, I mean, investigations or locations. There we go. Sorry, that have demonic entities present are very rare. You don't run into that very often. I mean, true demonic forces, and uh, it's either that, you know, from the stories I've heard about it, or it's uh, it's an entity that perhaps was something like a physical medium that died there. And, you know, that uh, because of the nature of the place and, you know, and what uh, everything that happened there, uh, if a, a person like a physical medium were to die there and let's say their head was messed up for whatever reason, you know, that driven mad there or something, and they died there and their soul stayed there, that physical medium still has abilities and powers on the other side, even more so than they had when they were in the physical. And if, uh, you know, if, if for whatever reason, if they're driven, you know, crazy or something and they they want revenge or whatever reason, when other people die there, which I understand a lot of people died there, 
when they die, yeah. they can actually imprison their energy body. And, you know, it, it's like grabbing onto their soul and not letting them go. And uh, if enough of them were uh, gathered like that and captured, then uh, it would have the collective power of each one of those people. And that's that, again, is almost as rare as it you know, demonic uh, presence, but it does mm-hmm. happen. So, but something, whatever is there, is powerful. Yeah. I've, I've channeled before where I'm given in, where I was giving information to somebody uh, one evening, and it was so I sensed almost a ball of energy with a lot of faceless energies within it, but it was like a, a consuming ball of energy. But it was where they all carried the same resonance, as if they were all you know, yeah. victims of murder, and, uh, it, you know, the energy was fed. But I remember it was such a strong, strong, strong uh, force of energy that in a way, you know, they would not let go and they wouldn't stop trying to deliver information when I was cutting the ties with them and, you know, really trying to disconnect. Mediumship-wise, they just kept trying to feed me information. So, uh, you know, I've I've even witnessed it from that aspect. Now, Stephen, like, what have you witnessed, too, when it comes to, have you had any experiences when it comes to, like, a mass, uh, you know, whether it's localized or flooded type of energy where it's just that many? Um, I would love to talk about uh, the Hennington. <laughs> I would love to, believe me. But I'm in a contract, and i got a gag order on it. Um, but what okay. you guys are speaking of is, yeah, um, yeah, it, it is, I believe, yeah, that it, it was something <laughs> that, and I've I, I got to dance around this a little bit. I apologize. Once the, the <laughs> documentary is released, I'd love to get into all the stories with this. Um, but, yeah, it's you guys are on the right track, and, and I do believe I've experienced it. Um, and it's, I mean, it's something I, I've never seen a whole lot of, but, um, you know, and, and hearing you guys even talk about it too, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, it's, I have some amazing stories. To really, to be honest though, I, I don't think that that would be something that I would would go back to. Um, the risk, I mean, the risk would have to be worth the reward on that one to get me back into that location. Um, like if Marcus were going, I'd be all about it. But um, like just going in there, um, you know, and, and you know. Uh, with I don't know I'd be hesitating on it from what I've experienced from in the past and other people um, have experienced. Here's the here's the, the, the interesting thing um, and, and why I think paranormal investigations or, or research um, has really a lot of people have really connected with it in some kind of way is when you go into a place and you have an experience um, and we were kind of talking about this earlier too where a group of people experience the same kind of thing or see an apparition or hear an audible voice or, or something um, to the fact of a miracle happens while you're doing an investigation, it creates um, a bond between those people um, because it's not something that, that happens very frequently, but to be there and not only experience it for yourself, experience it with other people while that was your intention and then being able to record it. Um, and to have some kind of documentation or proof that that, that actually happened. Um, it does create a very strong bond between people, um, you know, and the more that that kind of happens um, with, with people that I've worked with, it's, I mean, we've taken the information and, and applied it into other situations and been very, very productive with it. Um, and the, the Hennington thing um, was something that I learned a lot about um, and is, was even able to, 
entertain other possibilities from the experiences from that um, that has helped and and everything that we've done since then um, we've been very fortunate to have amazing results from and continue to get stronger and stronger as we learn um, about how to go about what it is that we're doing with with making some kind of contact and being able to record it. Cool. <laughs> yep, Where did everybody yeah. go? <laughs> yeah, I brought well, low people out. I know I get on tangents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think no, I, I think that's incredible. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I I, I fully agree. With, you know, with you on that, Stephen. Um, it seems like uh, whenever we witness uh, something, you know, of this caliber, it's the same thing with with uh, UFO sightings. When when people are together and they witness something, it it like creates, you know, some kind of bond, and more on a, maybe a psychological level. And uh, you know, so I understand what you're talking about there. And uh, but. Yeah, that that is one place that I would be interested in in going to, you know, under the right conditions. Uh, the the thing with uh, that or any other place is the the time of day you go is what makes a big difference in how much power you know an entity or a group of entities. Absolutely, have. absolutely. <laughs> if you go there, you, you go there between midnight and 3 a.m. You're toast. I mean, if they have yeah. any kind of power, because that's when the cosmic radiation, which is a shield that protects us actually from paranormal activity, uh, the cosmic radiation causes turbulence in the veil to the point where um, energy can't transmit back and forth very well. And so once the sun sets, then that energy starts to you know, decrease and the turbulence start dropping uh, as you start approaching midnight it starts slowing to its uh, lowest point, and the lowest point is at midnight to 3 a.m., and that's that's when activity, you can be the strongest and the most dangerous. But uh, before that, it's, you know, it's still, you know, any time the cosmic radiation stops, which is any time after sunset, uh, there's always a possibility for, you know, some type of manifestation or attack. And the, yeah. the thing with, with places like that that, you know, concern me, and it's not so much my safety, um, you know, I, I spent part of, part of my training, you know, in uh, Toltec shamanism. Uh, part of it has been in the field of spiritual combat, which kind of sounds strange, but um, it's, it's like one step beyond protecting yourself from these things. It's actually going in head-on-head on, head on uh, combat with them, you know, where they, you know, use their energy against you. Yeah. And usually it's it's more just a, you know, protective thing, you know, it's shielding. But there are techniques that, that I've learned where I, I've had to use them a couple times, uh, you know, in the... Uh, the last 10 years or so. But the thing that, that concerns me the most about places that are that active or that dangerous is two things. It's the other people that are going in there, the other investigators that, you know, because most paranormal groups, they, they pay very little attention, you know, to the safety factor. And, uh, they're doing it, and a lot of people do it just for the thrill factor. And these people are targets. And uh, so there's a lot of people at risk going in places like that. I don't know how accessible it is. Um, 
but you know it's other people that I'm concerned with you know whenever you you come across the a location that's this active, and then it's also why it's that active. You know, if if my one theory is correct that it could be a group of imprisoned souls, uh, eventually they'll you know they'll break free. It's not a forever thing, but if it is, you know that's that's a lot of souls or you know spirits that are trapped there, and they you know it, it's almost. If, if you have the ability or know about it, it's almost the responsibility to help them, you know, to break free. Yeah. But uh, that is only a theory. I don't know if that's that's true or not. Well, I, I noticed. I, I can talk about this. We've talked about this on air. Um, but I, I would we get into attachments um, or, or things following us home, right? While we were filming that that entire movie, the duration of it, there was multiple shoots. And I think they're even going to go in for another one, but um, I'm not exactly sure on that. But the stuff that would happen, the activity that would happen in the house that we were staying at while we were doing filming for that was unbelievable to the fact where it, it may even still be affecting that house. Um, you know, it, there was, I mean, I was in the house, we'd be doing radio shows and the lights would be flickering on and off. <laughs> like, you would see shadow. I remember I was doing a radio show, um, and I was a guest on somebody else's show or something. I was sitting in a car outside the house doing the show, and I saw a figure walk by my window. Um, and I you know, wasn't really thinking very much of it and went out and thought somebody was on a Code 7 or something. And, uh, and I go sit back down in the car, and I see a shadow person walk right by my window to the fact where I freaked out and, and said, oh, i got to leave the show. Thanks for having me, and was done. And then tried to go inside the house and uh and try to shake it off because we were getting ready to go out for a night session um and and everybody saw the look at my face just like you just see the ghost or what and i was like no because i didn't want everybody to get freaked out or whatever you know what i mean um so i was trying to play be nonchalant about the whole thing and to the fact where they're like well okay well you're you know i kind of told them what had just happened or whatever but I was so excited about going back there, um, and this was in the very early stages of me understanding what was going on, and uh, and then everybody kind of grouped together and, and talked about different, and getting in talk about sensitivity stuff, everybody started talking about what feelings that they were going through, um, and then I think we ended up not doing, not going back out there that night for whatever reasons, but... Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was interesting to say the least. But yeah, there's the activity. I mean, we'd be doing radio shows, sitting at the table, and the lights would just be flickering on and off. You know, you got some. I think it was we had ghostly talk on Carly, um, Scott, and uh, and you know what I mean, the ghostly talk on a Michigan. Well, until, yeah, until. and we're sitting there doing a show, and the lights are flickering on and off, and we're yeah. like trying to keep going. Like, uh, is this really happening? Is this right now? And because uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, we, there's a the hundred people listening. You can't just freak out on air, you know. And it was like, well, yeah. I did that one time. I was just like, you know what? I gotta go. I'm having issues. And I think Papa, Papa Sal called. He was listening to the show, and he called me. Like right away, he's like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I just." I got think I, I think I remember. I I if correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I was listening to not the sh- not the show with the whole ghostly sort of thing with the lights flickering, but the time when you were like, "I gotta go." You, yeah, I believe dude. your cell phone was plugged into the wall and it just like the plug came out by itself. 
Oh, my goodness. I don't think I've ever talked about that. I haven't talked about it because I lived in that house. So it was personal. I didn't want people to, like, know what was going on because I lived there. You know what I mean? But I can, yeah, there's, Marcus, I was, Debbie, I was talking to Carly on a yeah. phone, and the freaking cell phone charger ripped out of the wall and went across the room. Oh, my God. Like, should I be talking to you right now or what? <laughs> What's going on? A lot of the activity happened in my room, um, and, and like when we talk about doing the the cell phone, um, you know, EVP stuff, like I would set the cell phone down in the room and then shut the door and leave. Um, and it was, I mean, there was stuff going on in the house as far as sh- the bed shaking. Um, I mean, there was a lot of nights where there would be certain people I'd call just because I'd be so uncomfortable. I would hear them, um, you know. So I started sleeping with a fan. You know, that was that was in Michigan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was right yeah, on Lake Michigan. I, all places, I, I yeah. think I remember that because when you and I uh, first started talking to each other, I remember you briefly telling me about some things that would happen, but you would never go into detail. You didn't want to talk about it. I remember. Yeah, no, oh, Deb, I was... that thing, whatever it was, Deb, that thing was not cute. Okay, like honestly, I I felt really bad uh, for Stephen. I mean, he would he would call, I mean without trying to embarrass him or anything. Because, you know, it's natural. You're, you're going to, you know, if you've got something that's purposely trying to freak you out, I mean, you know, it's not hard to do if you can't see them, you know. Um, and this thing would, would purposely try and, and mess with him, you know, and he'd call me at all hours of the night and tell me what was going on. And, it, you know, I felt a bit helpless just being, well, at the time I was in New York, but, um, you know, uh, oh, got to yeah, hear everything was, that was happening, and it was. I mean, there was two, in the in the duration of I lived there. There were two suicide attempts in the house, um, and then you want to get into attachments. That's where I started to look in that there was something called attachments, um, for sure. Um, and yeah, the, the activity that was going on in there. I've never released any of the. I mean, we did extensive recording sessions, um, channeling sessions. And it was something I wasn't had never experienced anything of that nature um, and that strong up until that point on a, like a daily basis. We'd go do investigations, and and I'm sure we'd had hitchhikers along the way with that. But um, you know what's so weird, Stephen, is I had a conversation today with Marcus um, about what you had in your house. Like I was, I got off the phone with him, you know, a few hours ago discussing this with him, and and um, you know because we we had got into you know, how you were talking about Deb, how in dreams, you know, you, you will connect it from far away or whatever, you can connect with them. And I'd had this conversation with Marcus um, about Steve. Remember the time when, you know, and obviously I'm not going to say her name or whatever, but you had an issue with, yeah. the, with the person that had a problem when she came over to your house and how I woke up in the morning and, and you know, I had felt like I had been oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Story. You know what? I talked to her today. She says to say hello. Um, oh, see there yeah. you go. I must have been thinking of her. Dude, yeah, I talked to her today. She's doing fantastic. Um, Good. Yeah. Talk about so, synchronicity. Yeah. I'm I'm curious, you guys. I, I want to actually talk about this because this is not something that a lot of people are aware of with attachment that can lead to suicide because they can't, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that they can't physically harm us. I'd like to correct that statement before I even say it. But, you know, more often than not, they seem to influence us emotionally, spiritually, yeah. uh, mentally, things like that. Talk yeah, a little they'll, bit go about after, that. 
Open doors, yeah. I mean, they'll go after ego, they'll go after greed, they'll go after jealousy, they'll go after lust. I mean, it, well, that's my belief anyway. Like, they were, I mean, emotional stability, um, I mean, with different medications, alcohol, different stuff. I mean, whatever open door they can get into, I mean, my personal belief anyway, that they, yeah, that there is a possibility that they could manipulate mm-hmm. people's thoughts and... and I mean, I've even had it where you go into certain places or whatever, and afterwards you have thoughts that, that aren't yours, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. and then just well, they'll go of, after your weaknesses. If they're negative, yeah. they might try and go after your weaknesses just to, you know, I mean, you know, if think about it. If you're a nasty person in life and, 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 and you, you know, you, you physically, you die physically, uh, but you're a nasty person in life, your personality is always your personality, and what better way to mess with people if if you know if if you're a spirit and you know that most people can't see or hear you, um, and and you were always a nasty person, what better way to mess with people? Now it's like your perfect opportunity. You know you're not going to get caught, and you can do whatever you want to, to yeah. irritate people. You yeah. know, and that's that's what Marcus was even talking about the the spiritual combat. Um, and that's yeah. really I mean it sucks going through those kind of things. Um. And you really, you know, I mean, I guess it was one something I had to go through, and that's where I really started to learn that, yeah, that there you can protect yourself, and not only just walking into a place and, and projecting light off you, but being in like a combat. I love the way you put it, combat situation where your and survival you know what, and Stephen, others depend on it. You know, and, but you know what, Stephen? I think that it was a great, even though the experience in itself going through it was was not a pleasant one for you by by any means you know it it gave you a lot of experience and you know it's like anything in life if you're if your life is all roses and peaches you never learn anything you only learn through going through different experiences you know so you know it was you like I said, you know I'm sorry that you had to go through it but I do think that you know you benefited a lot from it yeah, and understanding um, what people have to go through that live in these houses, because you have to communicate right. when you do this kind of stuff. Right. And then you lived then, it. I mean, you lived it. Yeah, and it's yeah, and then going through it. It was funny. We that's when I started doing radio, right? And and I worked with some other people doing radio, and it was the fact where we had a, a different group, an investigative group, come into the house, right, and do an investigation, and they were making comments about them, um, and the EVPs like. Because they, with the intelligence factor, and that's where I started to understand that there was intelligence, um, and that you can be able to document that. And having them talk to each other about different things that they were setting up and their cameras and stuff. And when I started doing radio, I mean, they would pay attention to what I was saying, and they were learning as I was learning about paranormal. We'd have different guests on, um, and and you know, entertain, learn different things. And I mean, these things were. Would I would come home? Here's something. I would come home, and there would be different radio shows on, like that I didn't turn on. I had like three computers set up or something, and I'd come home, and there'd be two different shows on. I'm like, man, my computers were off when I left. But I remember you, know, you did. I remember you did a few shows, Steve, where when when I mean when the activity was really high in that house, and I remember you doing uh, the first time it happened. So I hear Steve talking, and it was, you know, blog talk, and I hear him talking, and I hear the spirit, uh, you know, um, sort of trying to provoke Steve through the radio Steve had was on the speakerphone in his house. 
Oh my god, I forgot all about that. That's right. Yeah, and um, I had to chat to him in the chat room. I was like, "Oh my god, Steve, stop!" Like this thing is 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 saying things on your radio show. Yeah, let's talk about oh. that. Actually, we can talk about that. that is, if somebody benefits from it, then it's worth it. But it's yeah. I remember <laughs> Mom was in San Francisco and she just went to Alcatraz. Yeah. Um, and she was talking about you know all the different things and the confusion and the, I mean while she was walking through there. And she said something about my grandpa, and then the spirit that was in my house was like, tried provoking me, and it, the radio, because we were doing it on a, on a phone, on the speakerphone, picked up the voice of what he made a comment about, to what my mom said. Um, <laughs> like, it was trying to provoke me on the air, and Carly, like, I don't I remember you heard it. I, I, I got in the chat room to, to you, because I heard, yeah, he's dead, yeah, he's dead. Like, Steve was talking about his grandfather, and oh the spirit goes, yeah. So, yeah, he's dead. Like that, so and and of course Steve couldn't hear it because he was, he was in the room but he didn't hear it. This thing was talking through the speakerphone just like it spoke through the speakerphone to me. I mean, I guess that was its trick. I mean, everyone's good at something, right? Yeah. And um, you know, was 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 trying to provoke Steve, but all of us listening to the show could hear it, and he didn't know what was going on. And so I, I got in the chat room quick, you know, and, and typed to Steve, "Hey, listen, this thing's saying that you, you know, making comments about your grandfather. You need to, you know." take the phone outside or something. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, even going through, like, counseling about, because I was freaked out. Um, I mean, I'd seen and gone through things where I knew I was uncomfortable. <laughs> and uh, and so I would, yeah, talk to people about it in the house, and I'm sure that the spirits in there were, were listening to the conversations and learning about what I was doing even, too. Um, you know, it was it was crazy. And nobody still, I mean, I haven't been there in four or five months, but I, I drive by it from time to time, and nobody still lives in that house. It's funny. It's, it's crazy. Well, it's a good job, really. I'm glad no one lives in that house. <laughs> yeah, we tried crossing them over, and, and it's just, that's, I mean, we thought there was portals or whatever. We went through the whole gambit of things. And, uh, yeah, we, I mean, at the end, at the end of it, the last week we did, um, like, I really tried to, to cross over. And a lot of people that I was associated with, that was a, had a sense of urgency with it, too. But it was something that I had to do on location with counsel from other people. Um, so it's, I think we were somewhat successful with that. But there was a, a protection on me that I couldn't explain or be able to document. But I, the last week, I was, there was something walking with me that was protecting me from any kind of harm whatsoever from that situation. Well, you did the best you could, Steve. And I'm not being funny. I mean, I don't know about you, Deb, but you know, or Marcus, but in my experience, I've never been able to force anyone to do anything. If they want to go, they'll go. If they don't, they won't. It's like, and that's my experience, you know, I feel like it's the same thing as the living, you know, if you tell someone, go jump off a bridge, if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. They have to want to do it. And I think that whatever was there really didn't want to go. You know, and, and, and made that known. Yeah, and beyond that, too, is that a lot of times, and, and I know you hear people say, okay, well, they have unfinished business and things like that, but I don't think it's so much that sometimes as I think that they just, exactly, that they don't want to move forward. Now, I've noticed that sometimes um, where they're not aware of the realm or state that they're in, oh, and exactly. it's more of a panic, yeah, like like, help me, help me, but usually more often than not they're very aware they're very conscious of where they are um 
you know, what it is that they're doing, and uh, when they're ready, they'll go. And I even remember, Stephen, and I think, Marcus, I even told you this too, uh, before you guys did the Shanley, is when I had that dream where that woman stepped out of a portrait, and she grabs me by the wrist, and, and in the dream, everybody was like, help her cross over, you know, get her to cross over, and and I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. And But then all of a sudden I said, okay, I complied, and when I tried to tell her to you know, go to those that she loves that have passed on before her and to help her in the process. She she grabbed my wrist, and it was as though her energy started to bleed into me, and she said, uh-uh-uh, and it was like she was scolding me, you know, like, no, don't try to cross me over. <laughs> I will go when I'm ready, and, and she walked away. But uh, Yeah, and I think, like, you know, I, you know, this is, uh, and I go a lot by my recordings too, you know, and, the stuff that I listen to, I you know I can say hundred percent that that's what happened because obviously I have it on recording and I have even recordings where I've said um, that there's a particular spirit that I work with and his name is Daniel and Marcus knows all about him but um, and there was a woman that kept saying you know help me help me help me which I know that you probably get all the time Deb you know and Carly will you help me and blah, blah, blah. and um, and I said. Daniel, if you're here, please help her. If she needs help, help her. And he doesn't respond, and you hear her say, Daniel won't help me. So, and I, you know, and this is someone that I work with and that's crossed over, so I, you know, that makes me scratch my head too and go, well, why wouldn't you help her? You know, and I think it's, um, it's a lot to do with free will as well, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I think a lot of entities too. Um, they, you know, no matter what you do, they're not going to cross over. And part of it uh, is is out of fear because they're afraid of losing awareness. Yeah. They 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 know where they're at. You know, they've already gone through a transition, and where they're at, they're still aware. But what if they go another step? Will they just yeah. lose awareness completely? That's one of the biggest fears that spirits have is, is total loss of awareness. I believe that's that's absolutely correct. Yeah, I fully, fully agree. I mean, even even on my end and, uh, you know, working with people. And that to me, that's the very hard part of when you go to communicate for somebody. Um, say I sit down to do a session with someone for after-death communication, and my guide, you know, I, I bring my guides through uh, every time, but sometimes there's an urgency where they'll step forward. And I'll always ask them, okay, just tell me how the session's going to go before we get into it so I know how to troubleshoot if we run into any situations where uh, you know, information gets misinterpreted or anything like that. And once in a while they'll tell me, no, Deb, the person that they're wanting to connect with is not coming through today. Sometimes they're in a place of counsel. Sometimes they're in a place of, you know, where I don't want to say solitary confinement with their own guides or with ascended masters, spirits, but uh, they're really in a place of counsel that is not close enough to the earth plane to be able to even communicate. But then there's other times, too, where they're not at a high enough vibration to even be able to come through. And then sometimes it's like hearing crickets where they're just not there. Uh, you know, so, I mean, that's difficult to explain that. But, like, Stephen, like you and I had talked about on our one of our prior broadcasts about um, how, you know, grief affects that, too. Where what I've noticed is unintentionally sometimes spirits get, get trapped in that, uh, that loop, you know, that energy of grief where it's a, almost a corrosive energy to them. 
and it, it kind of pulls them in, like a tractor beam sort of. You know, So if you have enough people, especially with missing persons, I find this more often than not, missing persons are the worst because the more people you have that group together, that put out that energy, oh, my gosh, you know, and they put out the anger, the, the confusion, the sadness, uh, resentment, all of that stuff, and it resonates. And the more and more people you have gathered together that put out that energy, every time you think of the person that's missing, that's the energy that comes to mind, obviously, because you know, it's attached to the fact that they're missing. So it's like yeah. it inadvertently becomes directed to that spirit. So they, a lot of times, out of protection for themselves, have to remain so far away. Uh, I don't know if that's the right term, but they have to remain, you know, at such a, a distance to where that energy does not attach them, keep them around. Sometimes they get trapped in it. I've never thought of it like that before, Deb, but that's a really excellent point, you know, and it makes yeah. a lot of sense to me. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's just something you know that that uh, you know my guides have taught me a lot, and but the other side teaches me a lot too. And there's a lot of these things I never expected to know. I never expected to learn about it in the way that I did, and it really opened my eyes up to how much of a two-way communication it really is. It's not something where um, you know we ask for a sign and, and spontaneously it'll just come, but it's it's really a two-way thing. There's just as much effort from them as there is from us. But our emotions are so strong, and, you know, like Marcus, you and I have talked about this too, and, you know, the emotion is so strong that it can really influence and affect the way that the other side interacts with us or doesn't interact. Yeah, and it can, depending on the uh, type of emotion, it can actually uh, hinder or imprison, you know, the, mm-hmm. the uh, entity or the, the spirit, you know, where they yeah. can actually move on. And uh, you have to where they're supposed to because there's so much, you know, so many people dwelling over the loss and, you know, over them. It just, it kind of mm-hmm. attaches them. It's like a tether that's holding them back. So emotion affects, you know, affects them in a lot of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, what's your experience been with that, Carly, as, as far as people that, you know, have have come to you and, I know that you've mentioned on the air before in different radio broadcasts about how they kind of gather around your bed sometimes, but what is the general emotion and energy when they congregate to you, when they come to you? Uh, panic. It's usually panic. Uh, you know, it is usually help me, help me, help me. I mean, that's I get that on almost every recording. You know, even if there, there are several, it's, it's usually someone panicking or, you know, someone that's very sad um, you know, and I don't know what that says about me that, that all these, you know, the, the sort of negative or, 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 or sad or lower vibration entities are, are coming towards me. I don't know what that says about me, but, you know, in, for me, it's usually um, I'm getting a lot of, of, the, of the panicked ones yeah. that, are, that, you know, sometimes they're confused. Well, not sometimes. A lot of the time they're confused. Um, and, you know, sometimes I get some real nasty ones um, that, that just see an opportunity. They see me as an opportunity to just talk. Um, but, but they're nasty. They just, like I was saying to you before, you know, uh, you know if, if you're nasty in life, you're nasty after life. And if they see me as a medium, you know, and they have that opportunity, to to do something, you know, by sort of, you know, or trying to annoy me or, or, you know, antagonize me. I get a lot of that too. Sometimes they don't want help and they just want to be nasty, They, you know. So, um, 
And so it's either nastiness or sadness or, or sort of panic-stricken type of energy, you know. And that's about all the time we have for this show, so be sure to tune in next week for the second half of this conversation, and be sure to keep your eye out for the interviews with uh, Carly Rose that'll uh, start happening about the middle of July. This is Marcus Leder, and you have been listening to The Shaman's Brew on Jackalope Radio.